On this week's special edition Friday version of the Fizz, we're going to talk to you guys about the second round of the NHL playoffs and how my picks did. From there, we're going to talk about Kenny Holland moving over to Edmonton, uh, what I think is going to happen with the Datsuk saga, and after that, we'll touch a little bit on the Detroit Tigers and what a silly, silly fan did in a game on Thursday night. After that, we will close it out with a little over under. But before we get into all that, I want to tell you guys about a real classy burger shop I've been going to since I was a little guy. And that is, you guessed it, the double arches, the M's, McDonald's. And I'm talking about McDonald's and their McChickens and their McDoubles specifically. I'll tell you one thing, those things are a dollar. And boy, will they get the job done if you order them. They did you know? Did you know that a McDouble, the difference between a McDouble and a double cheeseburger is simply one slice of cheese? So if you can do without that one slice of cheese, you're gonna save yourself a whole dollar, I think. I don't really know the prices, but what I'm talking about here is cheeseburgers and bees churgers. These things are at McDonald's and they are hot on the grill right now as as we speak. You can hear them flipping and dicing them up right now you want no onions i don't know if they do that but that's what comes on a mac double if you're going to order it if you're looking for a mayonnaise sandwich with a little bit of chicken and some sloppy lettuce that's probably not even real lettuce that's your mick chicken and you're going to want to get yourself that don't forget to toss in a little bit of a small fry and you can put some they got some salt on those as well uh large coke ring me up sir that's all i need my local burger shop selling chick chicken sandwiches and bees churgers. That's McDonald's. Uh, you you notice it by the M's because that's just the way it is. Hey, look out for the clown. But now let's get into the fizz. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of The Fizz. Hello, hello, thank you, thank you, thank you very much for joining me here. Today we have a very, very special Friday, Friday edition of The Fizz. And the reason for that is, honestly, I had a good friend in from the West Coast uh, yesterday, didn't know he was coming into town, and he wanted to watch Game 7 of the Sharks Av Series together, and I was like, yeah, yep, sign me up for that. Um, and in fact, it's perfect, because now I can just do the fizz on a Thursday and recap my round two NHL picks. Uh, but before the, we do that, before we jump into the NHL and my second round picks, um, I want to take a step back here. I realize I kind of jumped right into it, but you know I want to get moving on this show. You guys got stuff to do. Uh, you know, can't be spending all your whole day listening to some idiot in his basement talk about the Red Wings and and sports and and things like that. But the one thing I do want to take a step back here is because I am recording this on a Thursday evening. Is so it is it is May nine uh, as I record this. I want to take a step back here and wish my boy, Stevie Y, the captain, number 19, Steve Eiserman, the GM of the Detroit Red Wings, so nice to say, 
I want to wish him a very, very happy birthday. Um, I'm recording this on a Thursday, like I said, so it is May 9th, and I wanted to say happy birthday to my hero. God, you are you are the best. Excited to see you do big things here in Hockey Town number 19. But let's let's step away from that because I could talk about that guy forever, and I kind of have been for the last couple weeks, so um, happy birthday to him. But let's talk about these NHL playoffs and the second round. Uh, one of the most wide-open playoffs we've seen in a very long time. So many upsets. Just when you think you got it figured out, nothing is going as planned. Nothing is going correct at all. So my second round picks. Um, first off, let's just start. Let's just start uh, at my biggest glaring mistake. My biggest issue: uh, Islanders versus Carolina Hurricanes. I had Islanders in five. I thought after they whipped the Penguins. Uh, that Carolina would come limping out of that Washington series and the Islanders were just going to be a team of destiny and they were going to whip them in five. So naturally, uh, instead of winning in five, they lost the series in four. They were swept, uh, pretty much just erased. So there's that. Uh, Carolina obviously dicked down the Islanders. Uh, quick four games. Literally, I don't even know if I got eyes on one of the games. I, just, I, feel, like, I feel like they all happened in one day. They were just erased from the second round Um, and in fact I even had a futures bet after the first round on the Isles to win the Stanley Cup so that just kind of goes to show you how well the betting is going for me on my end so no no Stanley Cup for the Isles not even the not even third round couldn't even get to the Eastern Conference Finals versus Carolina but that's okay All right, let's move on to the Columbus-Boston series. I had Columbus in seven, which was probably a heart bet. I bet with my heart on that one. Probably should use my head a little more, but honestly, I'm a big fan of Columbus. Um, I think Tortorella is a pretty fun coach to watch, and man, do I love Zach Wawenski. He is fucking sick, and I want him to come to the wings. He's a local guy, and he's just a really good defenseman, and he's a tough guy. So I was rooting for them hard especially over Boston, um, but obviously they, they they lost in six. So Boston beat Columbus in six. Um, and, you know, honestly, like fucking A, Boston, the mean, the mean streets of Boston. Uh, I am so sick of Boston winning. I'm, I'm just sick of it. And, and I hate saying that I'm sick of them winning because that's what Boston fans want us, other teams, other cities to say be, because because – they feed off that shit. They're they're sick individuals that just love hearing how much we hate to see them winning. Um, I mean, I'd probably be the same way, but it, it it's just so fucking true. Like it's so true. What am I supposed to say? I'm supposed to pretend that it's not bothering me. What they are doing across the four major professional sports right now is just insane. It's like an insane 15 year run. I think in 15 years they have 12 pro championships. I'm pretty sure that's the number, and I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's. Six Patriots Super Bowls, four Red Sox World Series, uh, and then a Bruins and a Celtics Cup, respectively. Like, fuck off. You're done. Like, you're done. You, like, this has to switch. You can't keep winning like this. Um, and, and of course, the Bruins this year, they're, they're hot. They're getting hot here in the playoffs, obviously. And it's, it's the most wide-open Final Four in recent memory in the NHL. I haven't, I haven't looked at the Vegas odds, but I bet they're Vegas's best odds to win the cup right now. Um, it's probably them or the Sharks, but I bet you it's Boston. 
And I actually have, I'm watching them play Carolina right now. I got it set up on my phone here to the right. And um, I'm just, you know, just on such a hot streak winning. Um, I meant to live bet the under of this Bruins Carolina game when it was one to one uh, at six and a half. And I fucked up the live betting thing because I'm an idiot. And I ended up taking Carolina money line. So Boston's probably going to win five to one. Um, which would have the under hit, but obviously Carolina's going to lose. But whatever. Anyways, clearly Boston is under my skin right now. But next series, uh, I had Blues over Dallas in seven. I nailed it. That was spot on. Uh, That's exactly what happened. So I just want to give a congrats to former Red Wing and current Blues assistant coach Steve Ott for that victory. Big fan of you, Erica and the fam that you got there. If you guys don't follow Erica or Steve on Instagram, they are a fun follow. And they have a bulldog. They have a big, thick bulldog named Thor. And he's super fucking cute. Um, Anyways, and last but certainly not least, my cup pick, uh, San Jose, over the Avs in six. Obviously, the Sharks took him down in seven, but I was happy to win the series bet on the Sharks last night. And... um, you know, as I just said, the Sharks were my original cup pick. And pretty much in the bracket that I have right now, everyone's depleted. And it's, it, one kid picked Boston, I picked the Sharks. It's pretty much just going to come down to whoever goes further out of those two. So really rooting for the Sharks and really just rooting against uh, Boston at all costs here. And in watching that Sharks-Avs game last night, I don't know you know, how many of you guys stayed up to watch that one, but uh, the Avs had a disallowed goal, and it was basically because Landeskog – one of their top players didn't get off the ice fast enough. Like he was standing off sides, like a lazier play. If I was a fan, that would drive me absolutely insane. I would have been so mad if I was an Avs fan. Like Avs score it, tie the game, momentum's totally shifting their way, and then they look at the replay and Landis Cog's just just standing right at the bench, not getting off the ice, so it was offsides. Um, Heartbreaking way to have a goal disallowed. But if we are looking at the final four teams here in the NHL, my soul, my soul wants to take uh, San Jose, Carolina in the Stanley Cup Finals. But uh, if I, you know, if I'm using my head here, I don't see Boston losing to Carolina. Um, but then again, I also said I don't see Washington losing to Carolina, and I also obviously picked the Islanders to whip up on Carolina. So um, really, nothing I said holds any weight at all. Um, and this is the weirdest playoffs ever. And Carolina, the bunch of jerks thing they got going on, they seem to be pretty fired up. But if I am um, going to bet with my head here, I'm going to take the Sharks over the Blues in seven. And then I got Boston over Carolina in six. Um, it's pretty lame. It's not risky, but that's what I got. And uh, I'm just so nervous that after three seven-game series that the, that the Sharks have played in, that they will be out of gas by the time they get to the finals playing Boston and might set up Boston nicely for another fucking Stanley Cup, another championship in that city. Um, but, you know, fuck it. Go Sharks. Honestly, at this point, I would prefer the, uh, the Sharks to win, but I, will, I would take any of the other three teams left besides Boston. I mean, I, St. Louis would be really wild because they were in dead last, like early January, like January 3rd. I think the St. Louis Blues are in dead last in the NHL. Um, now, you know, now they're a seven game series away from making it to the cup final. Um, sports are, sports are just wild. Sports are just wild and nothing that's going on right now is, is making any sense. 
But now that I've talked about all the teams left in the NHL, let's talk about Detroit sports teams. And let's start with the team that I genuinely believe is the closest to a championship of the four in Detroit. And shocker, guys, we're going to kick off here with the Detroit Red Wings, who have undoubtedly, undoubtedly created more buzz this offseason than they ever did during the regular season. And this is for sure... For sure, the most exciting offseason they've had personnel-wise in a very long time. And what's weird about saying that is not one player, physical player, has moved spots. Um, but obviously, obviously, we got Stevie Y back in town as the new GM. But news we officially got this week, uh, which should come as a shock to essentially no one, is that Kenny Holland is leaving. Kelly, Kenny Holland has accepted the Edmonton Oilers GM position for five years, $5 million per year, which I just honestly think is the best scenario for everyone involved. Uh, I think it was an extremely classy move of Holland to step aside as GM in the first place, uh, as he, the organization, just knew it was time for a change after 20 two years um, not to mention the sheer presence and power Stevie Y has as a GM to put fans in the seats and to recruit players once again to consider Detroit during free agency uh, I mean Holland knew that the, the city knew that the organization knew that you know and he still he stepped aside um, but as classy as it was um for Kenny Holland to do that, the rumblings from around the organization that Holland never truly wanted to be done working as a GM and the Wings organization had a feeling once he stepped aside, offers would come in, um, and they and they did um, instantly. I mean, I don't even know what it's been. I think that, I mean, the 19th it was announced and, you know, it's, it's May 9th. So less than a month, you know, already um, offers were coming in and, and, uh, you know, Edmonton put an offer out there that, you know, I don't think he could refuse. Um, I think this is the best thing for every single person involved. Holland gets to take on a whole new project without feeling like the weird lame duck duck in the room whenever decisions are made. Um, you know, I don't know really what a GM office looks like or how negotiations go down, but I know he would have been there and he would have been part of the organization being paid a lot of money. Um, I'm sure his input would have been, you know, his voice would have been heard or at least opened up to at times. Um, but now Stevie doesn't have to deal with the lame duck uh, in the room who worked the job he had for 22 years and, you know, won, won three cups hovering over him. Um, so I think it's nice that Holland won't be, you know, over Iserman's shoulder. I don't know if he would have acted like that at all. I just just these working relationships with someone in a position of power that high, you know, it's, it's just, I think it's the best for everyone involved that everyone has their own uh, distribution of power now. And they're just, you know, Steve Eiserman can kind of do whatever he feels necessary without having someone kind of looking over his shoulder. Um, Holland also gets to take over a Canadian team with a, obviously a very rich history and arguably the best player in the NHL. And, you know, mark my words here, if he if Kenny Holland is able to find success in Edmonton, it will be a bigger deal than anything he ever accomplished in Detroit. Now, it's, you know, it's pretty aggressive, three Stanley Cups, but I I'm serious here. I thought, um, you know, I think like if he's able to turn that dumpster fire into an actual contender and, you know, God forbid, win a cup, 
Um, I think that would be one of like I think he might put that as his crowning achievement as a GM. Um, so interesting thing here is I was like obviously reading up on Kenny Holland. I thought Kenny was the GM for the 1997 Stanley Cup, but everything I kept reading was like he won three cups. He won three cups. And I was like, I, we have four. Like I thought he had four, but in '97, um, Jimmy Devolano and Scotty Bowman split the duties um, in 1997 and won you know Detroit's first cup in like 50 plus years. Um, and then Kenny took over in '98, and obviously they won in '98. Uh, the the super spend the super team cup in '02, and then the post cap cup in '08. Um, 98 and 02 outside of the cap era and obviously 08 in the cap era so obviously kenny holland had a lot of success um obviously didn't miss the playoffs until the last few years of his tenure um and you know few people maybe a lot of people will look at his resume and say okay you know he the cup he won in 98 he essentially inherited a championship team um, that was really motivated and, and won again. And then in 02, you know, he had a, a Yankees type payroll and put just spent his way and, you know, bought his way into a championship. Um, you know, and then obviously you look at 08 and that's his Stanley Cup outside of the, the, uh, that's inside the cap era. So, you know, that one's pretty legitimate, but it just goes to show you honestly how really spoiled we were. Um, as Red Wings fans, uh, we have three cups and people are still trying to find reasons to cheapen them just because we haven't won one um, in 11 years and, you know, I've missed the last three playoffs. I mean, just because you have the highest payroll and the most talent doesn't automatically give you the, the, the championship. Just go ask, you know, just go ask the Tigers about that. Um, I'm pretty sure the Tigers were second or third in payroll when, you know, they had those monster lineups and we, we were unable to win a World Series. Um, you know, sure these last these last few years have, have sucked and there are some awful contracts that took place. I mean, Erickson, Helm, Franz Nielsen, Johan Franzen, Jimmy Howard, Justin Abelkater, even Cronwell to an extent, uh, just to name a billion for you. But I uh but you know, one championship in a light a lifetime um is enough to immortalize someone. And Kenny Kenny won three. Um so you know, it was it was just time. It was just time for him to go, which is which is just fine. It's Stevie's turn now, and it's it's going to be glorious. But thank you, Kenny, for everything you did for the Detroit Red Wings and Detroit hockey. Uh, you were a wonderful representation of a very classy organization, and we wish you the absolute best in Edmonton. So, if you really want to help us out, just trade us, just trade us Connor McDavid for like Justin Applicator, and we'll all be good. But on to another Red Wings personnel topic here. This one actually does involve a player, and I don't want to spend too long on this, but I don't know what it is in my soul, in my body. Uh, I keep having this epiphany that Pavel Datsuk is going to return, and I don't really have any news or real insight on why I think that would happen. In fact, I talked to someone who's closer to the situation that than I am, and, and they actually said, quote, there is a 0% chance that Pavel Datsuk comes back to the Red Wings. And I just I just keep thinking like, ah, bullshit, bullshit. I don't know. I keep having these like dreams, this epiphany that he's going to come back. Um, and it's not even this like burning, burning desire for him to come back. I mean, I think it would be sick uh, because he's Pavel Datsuk and it would be like really exciting to go see him play again, especially watch him at LCA. Um, but... 
I just have this feeling he's going to come back. Like, he visited, I think, last week on Thursday just to, like, see the city. I think he was showing his family around the city. And then I read somewhere else that he's checking out, like, LCA facilities this week. That's all I got. I, I don't have any insight, no real journalistic insider information. I just think he's going to come back. And, like, knee-jerk reaction when I heard he might come back, I was like, no, don't come back. You're 41, and you're just going to take playing time away from younger guys. But then I thought about it a little more, and I, I think he would be just a monster help on, like, a second or third line with one of the young guys, and he could really help one of these younger guys score a lot of goals. He could set up Mantha. He could set up Anthony Siu. And I think some young players could learn a lot from him. And I don't know if we are just bursting at the seams where with young talent where Datsuk would be taking playing time away from anybody or if he would just be a nice addition to have. Um, I don't know shit about the KHL. I don't know anything about the competition level over there, but just from a few things I've read, He's averaging like a point a game um, in his like two or three seasons he played over there. He averaged a point a game, and everything I've read said like, oh, yeah, he'd be just fine in the NHL. So he's 41 years old, but it's Pavel Datsuk. Like I'm not going to sit here and say the guy's lost it or he can't do it anymore. Um, the guy's always been a stud, and he knows how to play the game, and you know he's still got the hands. You know he'd have a million – he'd chisel a million apples – and I think it would be really great for the young guys if he didn't, you know, eat up too much salary, didn't take away too much playing time. Um, I mean, there's no way adding Pavel Datsuk, even at 41, could be a bad thing for the Wings. I just refuse to believe that. And for some weird reason, I think he might be coming back. I wonder, so curious what goes on in the brain of Steve Eiserman. Um, You'd think without a I mean, Kenny Holland would have signed him two weeks ago, I think. But we'll see what happens. I think he's going to come back. I don't even know if that's a hot take. It's just like a weird feeling I can't shake that I think he's going to come back. And I had to share with you guys because that's what I do. I share my stupid, irrational, foundationless thoughts with you guys and just hope that you're mildly entertained. But I think Datsu's coming back. You heard it here. I don't know if it was first. I don't know where else you may have heard it, but you're hearing it here from me. I think Pavel Datsuk will be a Detroit Red Wing next season. So let's move on from Hockey Town, even though that is obviously where I'm probably most passionate and the most news is coming out of lately. But I want to talk about the Detroit Tigers, and I feel like lately I've been a pretty bad Tigers fan, um, even dating back to last year. Like I know they're not that good, but I feel like I always used to watch them on a more frequent basis, even when they weren't good. Um, I've never considered myself to be a bandwagon Tigers fan. I've always just been a fan. Um, and, you know, this year – they're kind of doing the same thing as last year, showed some signs of promise, but, you know, are losing games, winning games, right around 500. You know, I don't think they're going to do much this year. Uh, they're not too exciting to watch. And the other thing is, like, I can't get my head into baseball mode yet. Like, I'm still really into the NHL playoffs. And this weather here in Metro Detroit, Detroit is just, it just stinks. Like, today was warmer, but it was, like, muggy and, like, gross. But I, I'm leaving work every day, you know, with a jacket kind of chilly, and I'm watching these people kind of uh, dressed up in Tiger stuff heading to the game, and I'm just like, ugh, that has, like, no appeal to me right now. Like, I need, like, hot summer day, like, glazed over in sweat, like, drinking, like, Frosty Boys, like, cool Frosty Boys. I need, like, a summer Tigers game. Like, I, want, I love going to Tigers games, and I love Comerica Park. I really do. I really 
think that park is great. Uh, I just need it to be warm to really get into baseball season here. I feel like that's not like me. Normally it's just like baseball starts when baseball starts. Um, you know, play baseball my whole life and just, just trying to find it to get into baseball right now. But I'm sure it will happen once the weather warms up. I'll go to a few Tigers games, drink a few crispy boys. Everything will be just fine. But funny thing that did happen in the Tigers game tonight um, the Angels absolutely prison pounded our Detroit Tigers like 13 to nothing, I think. But Albert Pujols on the Angels got his 2000th RBI. Big deal, huge deal in the MLB, legendary Hall of Fame stuff. And some kid, some, some kid, some guy, some 33 year old law student caught the ball, caught the ball. And the way it works apparently is, you know, they, the MLB tries to get that ball from the fan. They offer him money. They offer him like signed jerseys, exclusive tickets, all this stuff. And this guy just refused. He absolutely refused to do it. And then he left the stadium before getting the ball authenticated. So the ball is worth nothing. Like I didn't, I didn't know this was a thing in like the MLB world. I thought if you caught the ball, you didn't want to give it up. Like the ball is still worth what it's worth, but Apparently, to like MLB people and like nerds in this like collection world, if you catch a ball at a game and you don't get it authenticated by like, I don't fucking know, the authenticator, and you leave the game, it's worth nothing. So apparently, this 33 year old law student from Detroit, like at a 13 to nothing Tigers game, got Pujols' 2000th RBI and refused to give it up and then walked out. Now it's worth nothing. And I was like looking on Twitter and stuff. And apparently like he just, he just like didn't care. Like he just said, money is not worth it to me. Um, I just, I don't want money. I just, I just like want the ball. I want a piece of history. I don't know if you look at this guy, he kind of looks like a fuck, uh, who knows might be listening to this right now, but I don't know, man, take the shit, take the money, give the guy the ball and like, just stop. Like, are you that big of a Pujols fan? I'm looking at a picture of you. You're wearing a Tigers jersey. Like, I don't know. To me, the whole thing's just, like, fucking weird. Like, just give them the ball or and, like, take the money or the signed jerseys they gave you. Like, you don't need that ball, and no one's going to believe you now because it's not authenticated. The whole thing's a mess. And that's just, like, the biggest news out of the Tigers camp, I feel, right now. But I could be wrong just because I'm not following as closely as I should. Let's check back in when it's a little warmer um, and, um, you know, this basement's nice and cool as, as opposed to like freezing. So that's what I got on the tigers. Let's move on to the next thing. Okay. So let's move into the last segment. Uh, those of you who are loyal, loyal listeners, love you. Thank you for always being here. Uh, know exactly what we're moving into. We're moving into over under those of you who are new, uh, to, to tuning in here over under essentially is just, uh, my buddy, Jerry, uh, who lives in Cleveland? He is an accountant. Um, he wears. He's started to just wear glasses a lot recently. Um, he's a little. He's a little bit on the pudgy side. He. I don't know. I don't know how. Yeah. He's a good kid. I don't know. I don't know if he's doing too well. I kind of. You know. I feel a little bad for him. But whatever. He's the one who sends me uh, the list of items here. He sends me an email with ten items on a list. I've never seen it before. I open it here live as I'm recording. I go through it. I read what's on the list, and then I tell you if it's over, underrated. So last week, I had loyal fan Bill Beasley, uh, my boy Bill Beasley, a day oneer. Um, he's bought shirts. He's a loyal champagne guy. He asked to do the list. 
So he did the list for me. I think there's actually two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, Bill Beasley did the list for me. We went through it. Jerry had a little hissy fit because he always does the list. And, you know, he doesn't have much going for him. So he looked forward to doing this list. And I, and I had Bill Beasley do it. So he was, he was a salt stick about that. So then tried to give him redemption the next week, which was last week. And I was like, you know, I texted him during the day. I said, hey, Jerry, I need the list of 10. Can you get it over to me? He said, you know, no problem. No problem. I don't got much going on in my life. I can do that. So he ghosts me. He just goes dark when it's time to record. And I'm about to do the over-under. I'm like calling him, texting him like, hey, where's the list? I got no list. So I had uh, I had my fiance. I had my fiance do the list for me. So the list came from her last week. And it came from Bill Beasley the week before. And I actually had some inquiries to do the list this week from fans. And I, I had to hold off um, for for Jerry. So he's back. He sent me the list last night because um, I thought I was going to do it last night. But then I told you I watched Sharks abs. But Jerry has sent me the list here. Let me open my email. Let's get to it. And then we can jump into over under uh, the closing segment of episode 23 of The Fizz. So let's pull this email up right now. Where are we at? Hope oh, I'm in the wrong email. Give me a second. Technical difficulty. We're doing this live. This is real. Everything here is authentic. All right, what do we got from Jerry? Is this it? This is it. All right, great. Here we go. Jerry. All right, he always starts it with an LGRW just to let us know. All right, from my pudgy Cleveland accountant buddy. Jerry, number one on the list for over-under is Hawaiian Punch. Hawaiian Punch is underrated. Hawaiian Punch is delicious. Um, I think of Hawaiian Punch, and I'm getting thirsty that I want Hawaiian Punch. Like, like I think of Mr. Deeds and the guy drinking it out of the drinking fountain. Uh, Hawaiian Punch is delicious. It's just pretty much sugar water, sugar color water. That's kind of how I think of Hawaiian Punch. It's almost like a Kool-Aid. There's nothing juice juice about it. Um, but I mean that logo with the surfer guy and the crazy hair, you gotta love it. It just reminds you of like being a kid and like summer. It reminds me of like playing street hockey and like running to a pitcher that uh, that my mom would bring out of Hawaiian Punch. I love Hawaiian Punch. Fuck me up with Hawaiian Punch. Sugar, water, color of whatever color you have. Number two, flip cup. Flip cup is so underrated for so many reasons i actually feel very strongly about this nice work jerry uh i think flip cup arguably almost not arguably is the best drinking game out there for a number of different reasons it covers it 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 is the ultimate like party starter uh just to sound like a total douche and i don't even care have you ever been to like a pregame or some sort of party that's kind of getting started and it's kind of moving slow some people may not know each other you're kind of just like eh you know like no everyone's just kind of like being nervous trying to feel it out like you get like one or two buddies to be like all right let's do let, let's like play flip cup let's play flip cup it gets everyone going everyone knows how to play it's the easiest game in the world to play and it gets everyone drinking and not to mention you can just inhale beers and alcohol playing that game like it just gets you like it's so fast it's an adrenaline rush everyone's jumping up and down screaming excited it, it just gets everyone going it's got a, it's got competition to it you know you can talk shit you're matched up one on one but it's still a team game i think it's an absolute fantastic game flip cup is so underrated it's it's not even funny it just gets everyone going it gets the people going all right fucking flip cup is great flip cups underrated number three rocking chairs 
Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, rocking chairs, I'm going to say underrated. Uh, you ever sat in a rocking chair and didn't rock or were like mad it was a rocking chair? Uh, I don't think so. I never have. I've never sat in a rocking chair and be like, man, I wish this thing would like not be rocking. But you get in a rocking chair, you get a rhythm going, you're kind of feeling good, you're moving around. Uh, all four rocking chairs, like the movement to the chairs, all for it. And I think, you know, if you're like a mother with like a child that you need to put to sleep, it's probably great as well. I'm guessing. Uh, rocking chairs, underrated. Number four, uh, Blake Griffin shaking hands with all the media at the end of the season. Oh my God, Jerry, I'm glad you brought, Jerry, this is a great list. This is, uh, this is great. You really, you really did a nice job with this one, at least so far through the first four, but, uh, I didn't bring that up ever on a podcast or to anyone. Uh, but if you guys didn't know, Blake Griffin on the Pistons shook hands with every member of the media at the end of the season, um, as a sign of respect. And you just don't, you don't see that. You don't see that out of the NBA. And Blake Griffin is just an absolute class act. And people thought he was too LA, too Hollywood to be in Detroit. But that guy is from Oklahoma. And that guy is a real one. That guy is the real deal. He is a competitor. He is a classy dude. And we are lucky. He is underappreciated here in Detroit. And, you know, for, uh, for, you know, the media that that's that's all over the Pistons uh, for not being good, rightfully so. Like, you know, he knows it and he wants to just bring a winner to the city. And, you know, it starts it starts from uh, it starts from him and he knows it. So I think him shaking hands with everyone was absolutely a plus classy work. That's that's what Detroit sports is all about. You know, it's Barry Sanders handing the ball to the ref. It's uh, you know, it's just the it's just that classy stuff that we love here in Detroit. Great work there, Jerry. I'm glad you brought that up. So Blake Griffin shaking hands with the media at the end of the season, underrated. By the way, we have we are through four with four underrateds. Hawaiian Punch underrated. Flip Cup underrated. Rocking Chairs underrated. Blake Griffin shaking hands underrated. This is this is unprecedented. Number five, Uber Eats slash Postmates. Uh, hmm, you know, whew, yeah. Uh, I don't. I've never used Postmates, um, and I have used Uber Eats, and I'd say. I don't know. I'd say like there's a 50% chance I'm going to get what I want and it's going to be hot when I order Uber Eats. I'm going to say Uber Eats and Postmates. This shit's just overrated. Like just get off your ass and go get the shit. Like I, I've gotten Uber Eats where it's just the order's been completely wrong. It's taken two fucking hours. It gets delayed. It's cold. And like I'm always spending more than I think I ever should be. I think all that shit's just overrated. Like just like get off your ass and go get it. Like um, you know, unless you're really in a pinch or you're shit faced, you know, you should probably just go get it. The last time we did an Uber Eats, we, we got some Taco Bell and I was really drunk and it, it took like an hour. It just took an hour. The Taco Bell was down the street, probably could have just walked and went and got it a lot faster and walked through the drive through. So Uber Eats, I don't know, go fuck yourself. You're overrated. So broke that streak real quick. Uh, number six, Pizza Hut, personal pan pizza, dude, I haven't had Pizza Hut since I was in the accelerated reader program in third grade um, at St. Clair, I I have I don't I couldn't tell you what Pizza Hut tastes like at all. Um, back in the day, I used to get Pizzones, but I I probably haven't had Pizza Hut in like eighteen years. I'm gonna say I haven't had it in eighteen years. So I literally have no idea what a personal. It has to be overrated. If I don't even know what it like remotely, what this might look like or taste like it has to be overrated per pizza hut personal pan pizza I haven't had in 18 years it's overrated 
Wow, this took a dramatic flip here after I said everything's underrated. But okay, anyways, here, uh, number seven, Lake St. Clair. Okay, Lake St. Clair. Sure, we are surrounded here in Michigan by the mighty Great Lakes, and those lakes are pretty damn great. Um, but let me tell you, Lake St. Clair had a lot of good times on Lake St. Clair. Got buddies with boats. I've swam in that water, jumped in the water, caught fish in that water, drank some claws and some beers in that water. That water is underrated. Lake St. Clair is great. It's beautiful. Uh, we're lucky to live by the water here in, in the great state of Michigan, the pure Michigan state. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, there should be a fucking, you know, a Tim Allen, a Tim Allen pure Michigan Lake St. Clair commercial. All the great lakes get all the love, but Lake St. Clair is, is beautiful in its own sense, and I love Lake St. Clair, and we're going to call it underrated. We're going to call it underrated. All right, number eight, uh, Shake Shack. Ooh, see, this is a tough one because people go crazy over Shake Shack, and I have had bad Shake Shack. But overall, it's pretty damn satisfying. I love, they use like a potato bun. It's so good. Um, they got a Shake Shack downtown, and it's it's pretty great. Um, you know, obviously, you're, you're running for the toilet like 30 minutes later. But Shake Shack, I'm going to say, is underrated. I think it's it's awesome. It's a it's really nice dining establishment. You can get beer and wine there. Yeah, dude, you can get beer and wine. Shake Shack's underrated. Shake Shack's fucking cool. Um, I like it. It's good. Potato buns toilet run 30 minutes whatever shake shack underrated number nine the kentucky derby kentucky derby is so underrated it's like the only thing in the world of why the general public cares about horse racing at all like at all it's the only reason you watch nine minutes of horse racing a year if it's even that long like three minutes um i wish it would stop raining every year that seems like a bummer i've never been to the kentucky derby i saw that you were at the kentucky derby this year fat ass jerry and i have not spoken to you about it since it looked a little rainy um so i just you know i'd like to catch up with you and let you know what you think about the kentucky derby but for me as a spectator i've never been totally a sports bucket list item but i'd love to throw on like a fancy outfit with a cool hat and throw like a ton of money on a fucking animal that i know nothing about um i would do that and it sounds like fun so i'm gonna say the kentucky derby is underrated Number nine, wine. Number nine, uh, sorry, number 10. Number 10, wine. Wine is so underrated. I love a good glass of wine. Uh, whether, you know, I'm having a red with like a nice piece of meat, um, so good. Always gets you sneaky, kind of drunk and weird and loopy, which is always fun. Um, or like a crisp white. Those are really good. Uh, I'm a Dago and I like drinking. I like drinking a lot. So, of course, I like wine. Um, if you don't like wine, you know, just grow up, you uncultured swine. And you don't even need to grow up. If you need to be childish and drink wine, like do what we did in college and slap the bag. I would slap the bag right now. I would love to slap um, a chillable red Franzia bag right now and ruin a white T-shirt of mine because that's that's what we used to do in college. We'd have Wine Wednesdays and it would just be a, be like five dudes passing a bag around. We'd you know, try to invite some girls over. They'd come over for like five minutes, get really freaked out, leave. That didn't stop us. We'd still be slapping that bag around, ruining our white t-shirts, um, you know, turning our mouths red um, over this bag of wine and uh, just building up those immune systems. You know, that's why we don't, that's why we don't get sick anymore. All right, guys, I kind of went off the rails there, but wine is underrated. Uh, and, you know, that's pretty much, that's pretty much all I got. You know, we can do a quick recap here. We'll do one more Hawaiian punch. 
underrated. Flip Cup, underrated. Rocky Chairs, underrated. Blake Griffin, uh, totally, totally shaking hands is underrated. Uber Eats, fucking sucks, overrated. Personal Pan, Pizza Hut, haven't had it in 18 years, uh, overrated. Lake St. Clair, Beauty, Tim Allen, that's underrated. Uh, Shake Shack, running for the toilet, underrated. Kentucky Derby, watch the horses, underrated. And Wine, slap the bag, freak the chicks out, underrated. That is all we have today on the fizz that's all we got team we're done we're calling it a week i hope everyone has a wonderful weekend i will see you guys next week and thank you again for tuning in if you have time please write a review and give me a rating on itunes um, as always visit the store and of course follow on instagram and twitter just search champagne athletics i'm gonna be the only result uh, i hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and try to keep it safe out there see ya like Jay-Z, jiggas up, you fuckers who didn't write anything Are getting washed like bathing Young Hova, I know hitters like Yankees Gun toters, the pull triggers like crazy Unloaded, leave you shot up in your rover Your body goes limping, slumps over Like A-Rod in a month low, but he just homered Hold up, I said rover because now your rover is red Like red rover, so you know what I meant But I wrote over my opponents instead Making dark sounds, cause I gotta keep breaking these bars down I'll go slow for the spits, but when I go roof Like the Doberman said, I still think the roof would go over your head Beast mode, motherfuckers about to get hit with so many foul lines You think I'm a free throw, figured it was about time for people to eat crow You about to get outrun, how could I be dethroned? I stay on my toes like the repo, a behemoth in sheep clothes From the east coast to the west, I'm the ethos And I'm the goat, who the best? I don't gotta say a fucking thing, no, cause I'm seasonal But you don't wanna hear me spit the facts, your shit is ass like a tailbone And you're trapped in your cell phone I'm a chicken scratch on myself load I don't wanna fucking listen to you bitch rap someone else wrote Used to get beat up by the big kids Used to let the big kids steal my big wheel And I wouldn't do shit but just sit still Now money's not a big deal I'm rich, I wipe my ass with six mil Big bills like a platypus The caterpillars coming to get the cannabis I'm looking for the smoke But you motherfuckers are scattering Battering everything And I've had it with the inadequate man I can see my dick is standing stiff as a mannequin And I'm bringing the banana back in the fucking headbanic in the handkerchief And I'm thinking of bringing the fucking fingerless gloves back And not giving a singular fuck like fuck rap I sound like a fucking millionaire with a derringer With a hair trick about the bear hugging fucking Terry And a Rick Flair dripping y'all couldn't hold the candle let a prayer vigil when I vent They compare me to a fucking air duck I'm about to bare knuckle it Nah, fuck it I'm gonna go upside your head With a Nantucket ab Rook a fucking dab Or the track Cause the blood I'm attracted I'm attacking it What Dracula? Fuck that shit I'm up back with a thud Man, stop